What's your last name? I don't even know. Well, <laughs> legal, it legally, it's Williams. Okay. And that is my married last name. <laughs> okay. To a man that I'm no longer married to. So you're... But now, what I like to be known as is Francis Brower. That's my Brower. maiden name. Okay, I think I'll yeah. change it one more time. Because I have you saved in my phone as Fran... And then parentheses fit with. <laughs> right. Most, yeah, I get addressed by as fit with Fran. Yeah. So when in doubt, use my handle, which because is kind of we, strange. So we but just we shot in Kansas City for Garmin. Yes, we did. That and was... we met in the hotel lobby on the first day of the shoot. And you were like, I am Francis or Fran. And I was like, are you fit with Fran? Because I know you from the SLU, our agency's community. The and world. it's another like, case of where it's like, you know someone by their handle and not their real name. I know. Well, it's I good mean, to meet you, Francis yes. Brower. Yes, that is my name. Yeah. But I love I love Fran. Fran's just kind of me. Yeah. It's Fran's like what great. my people call me. So Yeah, well I wanted to get recording because we were already off and running in our conversation. Oops, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um but there's one official question that mm. I have to ask to start things off. Great. And there's that's the only one, but the question is, what were you up to when you were seven years old? And I'll explain why that's the question after you answer. Okay. Um at this point I had been pursuing gymnastics for five years Mm -hmm. I came out of the womb essentially running and flipping and so my mom (laughs) in all seriousness had depression she you know a lot of post-pregnancy women really struggle with this and I was just this ball of chaos yeah (laughs) and like I didn't probably in the womb too also in the womb yeah Yeah, that that was just all chaos so my mom already knew what life was going to be like she had an older daughter but Uh she was like this is different um so my mom lied about my age and put me in gymnastics before I was two. She lied that I was fully potty trained and she looked me in the eyes and she said, don't you dare have an accident. Did you have an accident? I didn't have one. Wow. I think she really, she really put the fear of God in me yeah. and I love gymnastics. She made me not take one class, but two classes. So different thoughts of time. I just repeat to get out the energy that I had. Yeah. So that's two years old. And then I got really serious about it. Mm-hmm. So by seven years old, like I'm competing in meets all the time. I mean, of course in season, Yeah. but like in my head, it was for a seven year old, it was so incredibly serious. I was traveling yeah. all over the United States. I thought I was going to be going to the Olympics and I was already so advanced more than anyone else really in my at my age at the gym that I was at. Um, and that was kind of my whole life. Really? So that's, that's like, that was a big part of it. And it was like my whole family's life too. When I quit, I ended up quitting at 12. <laughs> Such a young which age is, to quit yes, When I look, when I look, yeah. when I look back, I'm like a 12 year, I look at 12 year olds now and I'm like, I don't even know if you understand the half of what I was going through. Right. This, I was already like experiencing like this idea of perfectionism and having to be perfect yeah. and also being told I wasn't enough. My coach was like straight up like you need to choose another sport. And was at that this because point, of your physicality or like you know, no, if I didn't nail a landing. Yeah. I was designed for gymnastics. I actually was much shorter. Mm-hmm. I grew a foot after I quit when I was twelve. Yeah. So I had major growing pains. I had it was it was a rough time. And also separating from this thing that I had so close to my identity. Like yeah. I mean my parents were so upset. We all like mourned the loss of gymnastics at age well, twelve. Because it, it was your was life. Very, yeah. It was my whole life. Yeah. And I tried diving, tennis, soccer, volleyball, track. Well, that's what normal kids do. Because like right. at 12, like you might switch from swimming to soccer or whatever season right. overlaps. But your gymnastics experience was like so much more intense than the average sports. Exp- like I played all the sports as a kid, but it was right. just like whatever. Like that's what my friends are doing. Derping so on around. this team and that team. And then right. I wasn't good at this. And I switched to that because, yeah. you know, but to 
to have something that's like, oh, at the age of seven, you're already thinking like Olympics and professional and like career and oh yeah, and you talk to you talk to any Olympian gym like a gymnast yeah oh they were thinking about the Olympics yeah it is so young when that starts and your body I mean the the reason why I quit at 12 was because my body was destroyed I couldn't walk down the stairs of my house without crying in pain or sitting on my bum and like scooting down the stairs and it was so like again I at 12 and I mean I had back issues, knees, ankles, had my ankles taped every single day. Like it was, it was a really gnarly experience. I think I learned so much of it, but so many people often ask me like, if you have kids and they like, or really have a propensity towards gymnastics, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Like think about it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a tricky one. Like, you know, I'm a very, I'm so much Mm -hmm. of a free spirit, (laughs) Um, even though I was so locked into gymnastics, like in that way, I was not a free spirit, but my whole life I've kind of just beat to my own drum. Yeah. And so on that hand, I feel like I could never restrain my kids. Like if they wanted to do that, I could never be like, you can't do this. Well, do you think that the cost benefit is worth it? Because a lot mm. of you know football players are like knowing what we know now oh. about CTE and whatnot. Like I wouldn't let my kid play football. Yeah, so no. how do you feel about gymnastics? And I mean, putting your body through that at such a young age, you turned out okay physically, it seems <laughs> I like. I turned out okay. <laughs> but like, I haven't, I have two herniated discs, which yeah. I don't, I didn't find out until last year, but those could have been a part of me since I was that young. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I've, There's I'm, a lot of stress. I live with chronic pain now in my back, but... Um, you just came from a massage appointment. So. I literally just was in a 90-minute yeah. massage oh, appointment. So good, though. So you get, good. like, high from those. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I was telling my massage therapist, I was like, I'm going to come onto a podcast and the guy's going to think I'm high <laughs> because my eyes are going to be kind of like... My eyelids are a little bit heavier. A little heavy, yeah. This is my type of, this is my type of high. Yeah. So... That's fine. We, there's always background noise. Don't worry about it. Great. Yeah. We're in dangerous Playa del Rey. Really not. It's an ambulance. <laughs> people are old Someone's people. Are di- oh, people are not making it up that hill right there. Yeah. That's a it's a mighty hill. Okay. I do uh, hill sprints on that guy. So do you? anytime you need a good hill to just burn out that energy that you've had since you were two. OK, so you're catching on. I'm catching, catching on. on. I'm picking uh-huh. up what you're putting down. That's right. So, OK. So the reason I asked that question to start is I, I'm really fascinated by this ancient saying that's. Give me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man. So if we gender neutralize that, give me the child at seven and I'll show you the adult. And the idea is that by the time you're seven years old, all your your nature and your nurture, your inputs, your experiences have really set you on a path to become the kind of person that you're going to end up as you are now. You're 29, whatever. We won't say, I'll edit it out. <laughs> That's fine. Tell yeah. them I'm 29. I don't, it's my golden year. She's 29. Her birthday, her social security number is... Uh, no, but... So I like connecting the dots between the seven-year-old version of yourself, this 29-year-old version of yourself, and then where you're headed on this this vector that we can create through those those couple data points. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious because you have such an interesting childhood, how that sort of sense of professionalism and, you know, future-minded career thinking has transferred into your non-gymnastics life. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's kind of a loaded question. Mm, good. Number one, I think the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of what I learned from gymnastics um, was just, I mean, the the work ethic that you have. I mean, the things I remember that my coach put me through and it was like, I don't care. I don't care if you're feeling tired. Yeah. I don't care if you're not feeling like it today. Like, do you want this or not? Do you want it bad enough? Yeah. And 
you know, at some point it was like I was throwing up and like running to the trash can. I've got great aim, by the way, if I ever need to barf. <laughs> I have fantastic aim, let me tell you. Um, but it was like, had to go, I was sick to my stomach. And that could have maybe been anxiety, like behind like sticking, nailing my landing or being at a yeah. meet or something. But I was throwing up and then getting right back up on the beam on that four inch wide beam and mm-hmm. nailing a routine. So mm-hmm. like I got really good at handling stress mm-hmm. and working hard and pushing through things. Um, I also think the other side of this, which is unrelated to gymnastics, is my my, my parents have always been entrepreneurs. So they've always run their own business. Um, it's just we've always taken responsibility yeah. for our lives. We yeah. take responsibility in everything that we do. And I always tell people like, I just respect people when they take responsibility for the mistakes they make for their own lives. They're not blaming anyone else, anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is up to you to make it work yeah. and what you want. And yeah. you can't, you know, for modeling for me, it was like, I like, I just like had no fear of well if they reject me and they don't want to sign me then no big deal that's not the path for me mm-hmm. but then once I got signed I think I was like no I'm gonna pursue this actually I'm gonna try it out and give it a fair chance because I think I see a lot of especially new models they get signed with an agent and then it's like they do nothing else for themselves and they expect jobs to just well, magically that's not gonna come happen. And, that's, and we know, we know that's not gonna happen we know that's not gonna happen. that was a big impetus behind this podcast is you no one teaches you how to model like you may get some guidance from your agency, probably not as much as you need and depending on your type of agency, but like it's, it's really just put up or shut up and like learn as you go trial by fire, like trial and error really. And I think we're kind of similar in that like you seem to have a lot of irons in the fire and like you're kind of entrepreneurial and creative and like bouncing around. I'm the same way, but we were very different as kids. Like you had this very singular driven sense of purpose. And I, did not have that. I was an only child, which kind of sets you up to feel like the special one. Um, I was in like gifted classes. So I was like, I had this expectation that I was good at everything. So if I wasn't good at something, I was like, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to try. Like, I, and I, it made me kind of bounce around things and float around in a way that was non-committal. And mm-hmm. I didn't really learn how to work hard. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted instant gratification, instant payoffs. I think that's relatable actually for all of us in some realms. I mean, mine sounds more specific, but I still actually relate to that. But that is interesting the way you say that. The connection, I think, is that when I got to modeling, I was not great at it from the get-go. I got lucky enough to get signed. Had a pretty face. I mean, like I had whatever I had to, you know, I got signed with our agency SLU. That was my first ever agency as a, a runner because I worked on a Skechers shoot. But I hated running and I didn't know proper form. I, I'm not a great runner. I don't have a fast mile time. I never have, never will. But it was like this, I had to reverse engineer myself into this athletic model that I wasn't. Yeah, and I, I love that. And cool. for some reason, you know, I've tried, I've done graphic design. I've, I've published a book. I've done all these different things. And I've kind of kept those all up. But I always just kept hammering away at modeling and commercial acting because I enjoyed it and I didn't want to give up. So that's kind of the connection between our two pathways is that like, I just didn't quit. And I, I've gotten, you know, I'm eight, nine, I don't eight years into this. And like, I, I feel like most sets I can walk on to figure out what's going on and do a serviceable job where like, they're going to give my agency good feedback. But that wasn't always the case. And it's taken me a long time to get there. Um, so... And it's having awareness. I mean, yeah. those are things you have to learn with with experience too. You know, the yeah. set we walk on to, 
that we were together in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's like just having awareness of what you're walking into, learning and being able to digest the situation. And, you know, there's I think there's some models that have more awareness. And then there's somewhere I'm like, I wish I could hold your tongue for you because yeah. And I've been there. I've been told. I remember when I first started. I mean, I'm a chatterbox. I'll talk sure. to anyone. Yeah. And I think it was actually for like a test shoot that SLU had kind of set up for me. Mm-hmm. And I think their feedback was like, well, Francis is great. She's fun. But she's talking while we're actually shooting. Right. So knowing when to turn it on, turn it off. Absolutely. And I was kind of humbled by that. I mean, I knew that about myself. But, you know, when you hear it, you're like, ooh, ooh, yeah, I guess... I guess yeah, because I should, you, you, you think know. like, you know, being gregarious and being friendly is is always a net positive. But there is a point where like we're here to work and like the creative director who's trying to style the shoot and trying to deal with the photographer and the director, like they can't be answering your questions about like their dog. You know, like, yes, you may be interested right. in that. That's lovely. But like save it for after. There's rap. just a right time There's because right time you can right still place. connect with them without asking 20 questions. Yeah while you're and it's having awareness like if the, the the photographer doesn't have their camera up to their face okay like you can slip in a little joke or whatever i'm, yeah. I'm trying to work on my comedy piece here that's my side hustle eventually i want to get into <laughs> i'm putting it out in the world right now that i want to be a stand-up comedian but you know that's like i'm always trying to like make people laugh on set so yeah well, you're again, good at it for a time for a time and place though. yeah and that's time and, place. And, you've, and you've learned that over the years we both have we both have and it's you know, like you said, you you get on these sets and like you don't know what you're doing. You have to figure it out. And we always have the least information, I think. The, oh, the we, talent show guess. up and they're like, <laughs> and people tend to assume we know what's going on. And like, you know, we were in this big studio and there's all these couches where people sort of congregated when they weren't being shot or they were on their laptops working on the production side of things. And like, I don't know if I'm sitting next to someone from the, the client, client, from the agency, who's from the studio. And like, no one's going to be like, hey, I'm this person. I'm this is my role. Like, It's you just, rare. We'll say that. It's like, rare when that happens. It's very rare. And it's kind of a good and bad thing because... You don't overthink it. You're just like, oh, this is just a person. Like, I'm just going to chat with them. Like, I don't know. You can kind of skip the formalities and just be present with another human being, which is nice. But it can get a little daunting when you're like, what is going on? What is happening? What am I? But That's why you see Francis reading every single piece of the creative deck and the yeah. call sheet, breaking yeah, it like down. Taking photos of I'm it. like, I need to know what's going yeah. on here. Well, every piece of information is helpful. And, you know, you can... Like a shoot like Garmin, um, you know, it's a, it's an athletic brand, it's watches, it's outdoorsy, but also they have golf, they have, you know, there's, there's, there's different creative notes you can pick up just from the brand itself. But then like, you can Google their imagery, you can go to their website, what do the models look like? So like, you have this backlog of information walking onto set that you know a little bit about what to expect. They're probably not mixing up their vibe completely they might be but chances are it's going to be in line with the previous creative stuff that they've put out so that that's helpful and and then again it's just like do your job when you're not doing your job be friendly be present don't be in the way and it's this weird balance to strike you know oh for sure and you know i mean to this day i think i and not that I worry about it, but I'm definitely like, who knows if this client even liked me? I mean, yeah, this is a toxic trick, may- maybe, or it's a good thing, but I don't care so much about what people think of me. And mm-hmm. I think that's gotten me far in modeling because we get re- we also are just professionals at getting rejected. Sure. So, you know, 
the number of times we've been rejected versus the number of jobs we've booked, even though people think I'm booking all the time, there's plenty of rejections in between. <laughs> Mostly rejections. So, you know, being okay with people not caring, but you know, when you're on set, you kind of just never know how did that go? You yeah. know, you, you, someone may have experienced one version of you, yeah. you know, and I think that's also really curious, very interesting that that can also happen, that impact that you leave. Yeah. And that- you, you kind of have to not care because so they were on the shoot we were on. There were there were two main um, like uh, stages stages. Yeah. And so I shot on the first stage. The photographer and I had a great rhythm. It went really well. I was looking at the monitor. They loved it. I loved it. I was like, fuck, yeah, we're, we're killing this. Went to the second stage. Photographer was shooting really fast and I wasn't quite sure what they were looking for. It was very similar to the first stage, but they wanted something different. And I, you know, I saw the the creative director walk over and someone from the brand walk over and they just like, I could tell they weren't thrilled. And I was like, and I, I also knew that there was a giant monitor that everyone was watching as they were sitting. And then I started to get in my head and I was like, oh no, like they hate me. I'm not getting it. So then I'm really not getting it. Mm-hmm. And then I had to like take a moment to be like, stop, 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 like figure it out and like change it up you know, ask for him to slow down his shutter speed. And like, we got to a point where I, I know they were happy with what they got, but like that can become paralyzing. Oh, for sure. When you, when you sense, and it, you know, they, it's hard for them to, to lie with their faces. And you know, if they are not happy with what they're getting, like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's really constructive ways to redirect you, but there's also ways where like, they're like, we don't know how to get out of you what we want. Maybe they don't know what they're looking for. And so I had this moment of like, I'm the worst model in the world, like you know, and you. But you. Have Meanwhile, to snap I'm out just of that. probably bebopping around on the couch, <laughs> yeah. taking a nap, or yeah, yeah. no, you one's, know, no, no one's, one's really, no one really attention. else is in your head like you are, yeah. and it probably still looked fantastic even on the takes that you thought were horrible. I well, mean, my that's eyes were the closed other part a too. lot. Like I was just, <laughs> my rhythm was off, where I was like, "Why are my eyes closed in every shot?" <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But yeah, I was happens. able to shelve that and get through it, and. You know, that's that thick skin where it's like, yeah, okay, like rejection, 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 success. Okay, figure out why that worked. Now replicate that. Try to recreate. Yeah, yeah. replicate. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and so you mentioned that you are interested in comedy. And so part of the reason I want to talk to you specifically is because you are like very silly, very goofy. <laughs> you have a very expressive face like you. You guys can't see my face right now, but it's wild. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> Like I could see you on a Groundling stage or like a, you know, Second City stage. But then I can look at your Instagram and I mean this like as a complete compliment, but like you photograph and you become like almost a different person. 100%. 100%. I think you posted a story and I was like, who is she posting? And I was like, oh, that's her. And then I was like, whoa, like you become very poised and like just like your facial control is like it's it's right on and it's like very editorial like when you see like high-end fitness brands where it's almost fashion it's very minimal and and like i'm curious how you ride that line because you do it really really well i think it's it's very interesting because yeah if you talk to me for five minutes you're like this girl's the goofiest (laughs) like she's a total weirdo and you know like i don't feel like i walk around like i'm like i'm hot shit you know like i'm not walking around like that and It's because I don't actually think it. I mean, all of us, you know, we can call it humility, but it's also probably just a little bit of... Imposter syndrome. mm -hmm, Imposter syndrome. (laughs) You know, we're like, "Ah, I'm not pretty, but I do this for a living. You know, these things that we say to ourselves, which are just totally absolute bananas. Um, Anyway, we're talking about self-worth. That's a whole different conversation. But, you know, I think 
in the same way that actors, which I've never really, I don't think I want to be a full on actor Ooh. in a movie. I really see myself more comedy, but how actors just really become this person, their character. I mean, they are invested. They know what they ate for breakfast. Yeah. yeah that yeah. kind of the stuff. Method actors. When I'm, when I am, whether it's like, for example, that editorial stuff or where like my hair is slicked, I've got this makeup on, which makeup is a big part of the transformation too, mm-hmm. because I literally never wear makeup ever unless thing. i'm on set yeah um and again that goes with i don't care enough and maybe i'm lazy or yeah i'm comfortable in my You've own got skin a good face you're comfortable in your skin right. yeah um so i think the makeup is really a huge piece of it but then i i, I that turn on that switch is like i am showing up and if, you know i again i tend to be better at turning on like this badass bot like kind of bossy looking kind of uh-huh. a little bit mean yeah a little severe I, it's a little, little bit like, severe yeah, yeah where like i'm not the best at like a lot of the feedback i hear is like try try a smile try a smile when they were like smile we the half bit. the warm smile no teeth but like yeah and i, I, and I can't i'm one. just like yeah <laughs> 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 um so that so it's tricky for me so i would say that i am better at this like full switch because i am yeah. so goofy in person but then it's like yeah boom and it's like kind of severe in a way in a good way maybe um so i think it's almost like i'm putting on this you know this character of like this is a bad bitch mm-hmm. she will sell you that blazer that's half on her body right now you're gonna want to yeah. buy it right now she's wearing it ridiculously Re- like, it's absolutely insane ridiculous yeah, yeah. ridiculous no one else would wear it like this yeah. and i'm gonna tell you exactly why you need to buy it yeah and so that i mean and that's part of our job right ultimately we are model we are being used to sell whatever product it is, whether it's you're selling happiness or selling a watch or selling a blazer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's, I think there is something though, because there are a lot of models I think that we've both worked with that are like, no, oh, you look like the person you are in your photos. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm so much like it's like, because I don't even use filters on my own Instagram. Like I'm kind of like anti-filter. I just you, yeah. don't need anyone to change my face. Now with makeup and yeah. in professional settings and you're trying to transform me into this different person, that's fantastic. You're but serving the product. You, yeah, was your Instagram is pr- yours. Yes, yeah. right. So um, I don't know. I think it, it's really interesting that I have that ability to transform, but I think it's because I really am believing that I am exactly... Yeah, what I need to be in order to deliver the, the and that's sale that's something I've yeah. been picking up on lately is like the a lot of the models I know have that imposter syndrome, and you know modeling and what's attractive and beauty has been shifting so much recently where it's like it's not all these like cookie cutter classically attractive like you know the '90s uh, bikini models yeah. and like the guys oh, who it's are so like different. they all look like leading men. It's it's all changing where it's like it's just such a moving target. But even the people who are classically attractive, most of them don't think they're hot shit. And that's what makes them endearing and fun to be with on set. But like, I, you know, people, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't get it. But like, I, I know how I pay my bills. Like, I, I get it, but like, I don't I get it. I see it coming in, but Like, I don't wow. look in the mirror and I'm like, fuck yeah, killing it today. Like, I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is what we got. But the thing that I get on set is like this, it is my job to be confident and I can't manifest that in my day-to-day life. And like, I'm not even going to try because, you know, walking around like you're hot shit, like, it's not fun. It's not warm. No one no, wants to what? approach no, you. No, it's so unapproachable. Um, but on set, it's like, no, no, we don't just want you to. Like, you have to. Like, you have to be confident and you have to own it. And that's fun to do when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun to, 
you know, like we all have a sense of vanity and like you want to look good and feel good in your skin. Sure. But there's a time and a place for it that's healthy. And I think when you're getting paid to do that, that's healthy because it's it's your job. But like, don't carry that to the coffee shop with you. Right. And to that note, I guess, because I mean, I think this could be heard in a different way. Because it's like, we're not saying don't have confidence yeah. and don't, you know, because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I look real good today. Yeah. Let me stretch my stuff to the coffee shop. But there, again, it sh- I think it's finding that balance, right? Yes. Um, and I think confidence is something that we can all truly work on because I think the overly confident, the unapproachable, that's actually truly deep seated and lack of mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah, and it's, it's something that I'm over com- like exactly. It's a compensation yeah, exactly. for something that is really going on deeper. Mm-hmm. And so rewind i studied psychology in Ooh, college yeah um originally i was an electrical engineer major because i'm a total math geek wow, okay. <laughs> a little bit of a switch <laughs> people are more interesting to me um but i think that's what i've always cared i mean you know people are like well what are you doing with your psych degree yeah and i'm like well i am obsessed with people i love learning and knowing why people are the way they are so yep. when you see that person walking to the coffee shop that is just clearly overly trying to share that they are just the hottest thing going on. Mm -hmm. Not that I feel bad for them, but I'm so curious what's going on inside, what's going on in their mind, what's going on in their heart. Like, is it connected even? Um, Well, because true confidence is not exclusive. And that vibe is very exclusive. Yes. And like you're hiding something, which is generally not confidence. Yeah. It's insecurity. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, my tagline is like, I just want you to know how beautiful you are. Everyone is beautiful for a specific reason, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and I don't know. I just think some women need a little boost. They need to hear, or they need to see from another person that like they can rise from the ashes when, I mean, I've been married and divorced and, you know, some people think their lives are over after a relationship like that has ended. Um, and it just isn't. And some people just need to see that. They need to be, they need to see that vulnerability in someone else in order for them to be like, yeah, I think I can do this too. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I, so I guess my whole point is coming back to it's not about not being confident because we want, ev- I want ever, if the world, if, if everyone was more confident, we would be yeah. doing well. We would doing be doing well. Um, but it's not this fight about like, well, how many how many modeling jobs can I book more than you? Or how can I, you know, be skinnier than you? It's right. not like that type of I think it, false confidence. I like what you're saying because I think it is more of a uh, reevaluation of what confidence looks like. Like what it's been shown to us in the media of the past and like, you know, TV sure. and film of the past is more of that unapproachable, um, like co- competitive nature where it's like, I if I'm confident, like only I can be confident. There's not enough confidence in this room right. for all There's of us. There's not enough, and that's not the case. Like the most confident people are usually very humble and quiet because they don't need to like prove that they're confident. One hundred percent. And I studied psychology in college as well. I was close to getting a minor, so I'm not as good as you. But I do like. <laughs> there you I, go with the competitive. <laughs> there, yeah. Not as good as you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm putting it on you. I'm not. Oh, right. Yeah. Reverse. But like I'm fascinated by people's stories, and I, like that's why. That was I was explaining why I did this podcast to use like the modeling angle was sort of my niche. And then it's really just to talk to people and figure out their stories, because I think figuring out how people got to where they are, where they're going, what makes them happy, what makes them unhappy is like you can't no one can tell you how to fix yourself. Like there's you you know, you can't you have to be the change you want to see in the world. Like you can exemplify um, healthy habits 
But as soon as you start telling me how to fix my life, I'm like, I'm not listening to you. I'm not going to do it. But I can, I can be in your presence to be like, she's got something I want and then figure it out by listening to you and hearing your story yeah. and relating to yeah. you. Yeah. And, you know, that's a big part of what I'm trying to figure out by talking to you. Yeah. And I, I love that this, I, I, my other part of like my experience and sharing my modeling journey, because I think probably for me and my social media presence, my biggest question that I get asked is often, you know, like, oh, how do I start modeling? How do I get into it? What did you do to be a model? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Dexter. Dexter's. He's protecting us. It's okay. He's, he's a big protector. You have a lot of white shoes. A lot of white shoes. Yeah. I highlight the white shoes in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Purity, clean. Oh, okay. But white shoes get really dirty. What are you hiding? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm showing my dirt okay. on oh, my there white we go. shoes. So we're just spin it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, why not? Look at my dirt. Um, I feel like people try to withhold their information so that because what if some girl then blows up and becomes this great model all because of the one piece of advice that you gave them. And they take your jobs. And they take and they take that your jobs. Because mentality. I've been in this I've only been in the industry six years modeling, four years full time, whatever you consider full time. I've always had like seven different streams of right, income because same. that's who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but people are so like, oh gosh, that other blonde girl got the job. And I'm like okay, that's a bummer. I mean, mm-hmm, I know you mm-hmm. wanted that job. And also, it's okay. It, and and yeah. getting people to be like, you just, you, maybe you weren't right for the role. And that's hard to hear sometimes. But I'm, I don't know. I think I've really, there's a practice in yoga and it's non-attachment. It's called brahmacharya. But really practicing like being okay with not having that job yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you have to. And share, yeah, and like really truly supporting, like especially with women. Women are just so gosh darn competitive with one another, maybe passive aggressively. Mm-hmm. Uh, men are more outwardly and they just puff their chest. And Yeah, it's more aggressive, yeah. You know, how can they lift some more weight in the gym? Some classic stuff like that for men. <laughs> just testosterone. Just some major tea streaming through. <laughs> but with women, it's like this sneaky snide, oh, well, did you see this girl? She booked that hoka campaign that i wanted and it's and it's so it kind of breaks my heart and i think i guess i'm at the point where maybe i have this financial security that i'm like can we all just support each other when Mm -hmm. you book that job you don't have to like the person but it's okay that they the client chose that person for a reason yeah you know and you'll get the next one because i think also when you live in this scarcity mindset and not abundance then you're so attached and you've got this tight grip on something and then usually things don't flow to you when you've got this tight grip around but i mean like i have to hold on have all the jobs it's a wednesday how many jobs are we not on right now oh my gosh there are people who look just like me yes and it's like i'm happy to have a day off because i can talk to you right i can go to the gym and i went for a hike and i can take care of myself and make myself happy so when i do show up for a job i'm good right but it's and like what you're talking about like people get so competitive especially like the more similar someone is to you, the more like you're like, oh gosh, I don't want them. Like I can't share my secret sauce with them because what if they take over my? What it's if? like there's plenty of room, and that's such a hard thing to help people realize. Maybe and I think I don't it know takes how to time. It, it yeah. takes time. I mean, I think the humbling fact is that we are replaceable. So replaceable. We are. We especially. <laughs> yeah, are. We especially. We especially yeah. <laughs> right now, we are replaceable, and we know that. Um. So I think 
learning that and and also like I mean I know if it's someone's lifelong dream and you're just dying to be a model on the next big campaign Mm -hmm. you know it maybe hurts a little bit more and we've we've both been really lucky to work on I've worked with every client that I think I've ever wanted to work with I'm never going to be with Gucci and Versace because my height and my body type just doesn't lend (laughs) to it maybe if they do a fitness collab hit me up but they might you know you never know but I've worked with I'm so blessed to say that I've worked with these amazing clients so mm-hmm. I'm not dying for this job um but yeah I just I just think that I know my place I'm I'm replaceable and I'm confident and not enough in myself in the in the real version of confidence yeah and I'm okay with letting someone else get the job even if they look just like me yeah it's okay it's okay they're missing out on a comedy show <laughs> on set. They are. That's what they. That's what the self tape. You know, maybe they didn't see enough. It's of an it. open mic on the. It is truly. You give me a microphone, which I have in my hand right now. Yeah. It is a dangerous move. You didn't know what you signed up for have when you, you done came stand up before. No, I haven't. But like, just to me, every set I'm on is my stage. Yeah. And I just don't have a microphone in my hand because I'm, you know, snapping a picture. I don't look like that when I'm snapping well, I'm a picture. Curious, but. So I'm curious where your sense of humor comes from because I think. A quick wit is like the best quality in a person. And I think we were in the van going to set the first day and I said something in the way back seat and you like quipped from the front and I was like, oh, I like her. Because <laughs> like people just have references and they're right there with a joke. Like I love that. And I was very much like a class clown growing up, but I had good grades. So I was able to get away with it. But humor is a huge defense mechanism or was a big defense mechanism for me. It kept me safe, kept me like at a distance sure. a little bit. Which removed. it is for most people. And, but now I'm like, I think I'm in a healthy place where I just like, I enjoy talking to funny people, but I'm not using it to like stab or yeah, to stab or to like remove myself. Like I was very like dissociating at arm's or, reach mm-hmm. from everyone growing up. Um, so I'm curious where you're, where do you think your sense of humor comes from? I don't, I don't, I really don't know because yeah. I love my mom and dad. If you're listening, sorry for the curse words and um, you're great, but my dad is kind of funny. My mom can be funny. She, my mom's smart. My yeah. dad's smart. Yeah. My dad kind of has this dry sense of humor mm-hmm. that sometimes offends people, but is still very funny. Yeah. Um, so I guess it could be my dad, but like I just genuinely love to make people laugh and smile. Yeah. Even if that means like it's at the slight expense of me. Like, oh, sure. That's you, the best. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm good. Put you, no one down but yourself. But no, only myself. Yeah. I'm good to just put only yeah. myself down here. Um, and, it, you know, or like if I know I'm about to trip over the rug, like it'll be a more dramatic fall just for like value of like yeah. maybe someone will laugh at that. Because yeah. it just when you gig, I mean, that's just like a release of endorphins. I'm just happy to. You know. Well, that's a very um, non-egocentric way to go about life where it's like, I'm a part of this big process. So like, yeah. if the joke's on me, it doesn't, we're all laughing. Like, right. And it's not like, well, I'm, I didn't get to laugh at that person. So I, I lost out. It's like, no, it's like, we're all, we're all, oh, it's, yeah. it's fine. I mean, and I'm, I think it's just like, I think people do take life too seriously. I'm yeah. a yoga teacher too. That's another big part of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I go into these yoga classes and it's just like, they are like uh, floating on a cloud and they're like spitting off some philosophy oh, and yeah. they're so serious. The and I am out. just like, good Lord above, help me because it's too serious it is so serious for me yeah and you know like i'll like all of a sudden break out in an accent while we're doing warrior two and it's just like no one saw that coming like left field like what is francis doing right now but it's it made me laugh like it just was unexpected and i don't even plan it i mean it is just 
comes it just happens i cannot explain it's slight slightly (laughs) not sure if that's really allowed to say but it is a slight yeah it's a tick (laughs) it's a tick of sorts yeah i don't know i love accents too compulsive compulsion compulsion there we go yes compulsiveness a a compulse a cold compulse that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's great um so i don't know i think i just yeah, I, I just want to make people laugh. And it's yeah. more entertaining. Like, again, going back to the example of being a model on set, you, you've, we've all done e-com. Mm-hmm. We have all been on that 10-hour set where you stand on the same place. You put on 600 outfits. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you're, you are losing brain cells by the minute. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, and, you know, the sets may be dead. There may not even be music on if it's really rough. Yeah. Maybe you're not vibing with anyone. So I just am like, I'm going to have to spit out some jokes. It's just like, I cannot even help it. I'm going to see if anything lands. Sometimes the audience is real rough. (laughs) I've had plenty of bad audiences. Not a good crowd. Not a a great crowd. Not a great crowd. (laughs) Take those back and scratch them out off my notes that I don't have. They're imaginary. Workshopping here, folks. Truly, I am truly workshopping. But those are the kind of times I'm like, I'm just also trying to entertain myself here yeah. because my brain is slowly melting with each outfit I change on e-com. And if you're listening to this and you're a model, you know, those e-com days, there are some people that love e-com. They like feel like they are well, like, I mean, e-com jobs, if you can get a consistent e-com job, well, you're fantastic. buying a house. You're good. Literally. Yeah. Attention clients. Yeah. <laughs> open for hire. <laughs> Would love to buy uh, a house. I'd love to wear your pants. Love to wear them a lot. Yeah. Lots of colors. Um, but yeah, like I've, I just have to be entertaining. I think also too, my personality, I'm also maybe not the victim of, but I feel the need to make sure everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure everyone's entertained. Everyone's having a good time. You're a caretaker. I'm a caretaker. I'm not necessarily a people pleaser because sometimes I'm just a little too forward well, with people. Well, that can be self-detrimental. Sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I wouldn't say, I mean, sometimes I can be a people pleaser, but for the most part, I just want to make sure everyone's good. Everyone's this 10 hour day. We're going to make it as fun as possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm constantly reading the room and the crowd and you know when to speak, you know when to kind of hold off, you know, and it, it's, it's fun. It must, it's for my brain. I have to be doing that. Otherwise for me and modeling, I don't get a lot of joy from standing in the same place for 10 hours, changing outfits. I will do it for work. It's those jobs that are like, you're just doing it to get through and to get the paycheck. Right. Um, I'm not like becoming this full character. I'm not running up a beautiful mountain. Like those are the really enjoyable ones. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I've got, I've just got to keep myself alive yeah, I mean, here. That's, that's the matter of choosing what to focus on and what sort of attitude to have because you could, like walking into your place, I could choose a ton of attitudes to have. I could be like, Ooh, like I don't, there's a lot of things I don't like about this place. I could be like, Oh, I love this decoration. Like, or like it's not clean enough or it's too clean. Or, like, there's a million ways to spin it. Like the kind of tone you want to bring into a room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, I've realized more and more that like, just choosing comedy like works 90% of the time. 10% of the time there are there are reasons to not to be very serious and not make jokes and like but 90% of your life like just laugh, have fun and it's it's so much better. Yeah, I mean I think and again I you know you asked where this came from. My whole life my dad has been like why is everyone so serious all the time? And this is how he actually sounds yeah. so I can confidently give Wait, that are you accent. From Oklahoma? I grew up in Oklahoma. My family's from Texas. So okay. I'm kind of like this weird, like, eh, everyone's in Texas. And so I kind of, in my family's now home is in Texas. But I yeah. technically grew up in Tulsa. So I have okay. no accent. Or yep. maybe it slides out a little bit when I yell really. or raise my voice. But my mom and dad 
I save their voicemails on my phone because I love their accent so much. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm actually okay that I didn't get the accent, but I love hearing yours. Yeah. But my dad, my whole life has been like, everyone takes life way too seriously. You know, you got, why, why so serious? And sometimes he's in reference to the drama that it is living with, because I have an older sister. So he's outnumbered, you uh-huh. know, by women. Three, three women, one man, Sure. poor guy. Um, but I always remember him saying that. And it really is true. Like it, most of this, it doesn't need to be so serious. Um, but there's always a time and place. And it's there's again, a time and place and reading there, and knowing the social setting. There is a time when it's inappropriate to make jokes, but most of the time, please make jokes. Please. Um, and I'm also curious about how you balance because I, we were on set and you were like, you know, I, I'm so busy with other stuff that like I rarely have time to model. So like how you're sort of balancing your life, you know, you're 29. So like you have a lot of life left, you know, what's how, cause I do the same thing. If I focus only on Molly, I'll go insane because it's so up and down and the financial insecurity drives me wild <laughs> and it's just not cute anymore at this age to not like, it's not cute. where's the rent check coming That's from? That's right. So I like to balance it out and I like to have creative irons in the fire. So it gives me something to focus on during the downtimes. But then it's a matter of like, all right, where is this? What am I building towards? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what your different irons are. And like, I know yoga's a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, And you seem to like sort of, you know, you have your Tuesday talks that you do and like you're interested in psychology and people's stories. But like, what's, I don't know, what's the, what's the... What's the triangulation of all the things? Or is there one yet? I think I think the way you even just tried to get to the word triangulation yeah. is my brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, it. I have so many things that I love. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. So listen up. Well, maybe not really listen up because you're just going to be like, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but I have so many things that I want to do that I want to yeah. accomplish that... You know, I could tell you right now, like I love interior design mm, and I could too. just like go I hard. I, I just it. love it. And yeah. I would love to just go decorate and design someone's house right now, please. I would oh, love let to me do that. Your shit. Let me organize it. Let me like make it like efficient, minimize yes. clutter. Oh, yes. Oof. So like I, you, those are things you would not even know. You would never know that from my social media because I don't, I'm not like, that's not something I'm like actively pursuing. And a well, lot of people wouldn't even Instagram know. Your Instagram is very well curated. Uh, so like you have oh, a design sense. Yeah. Like oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really feel like it's curated. Game recognized game. It's a hot mess. (laughs) Um, But my main streams of income, if like I'm just being quite, you know, if you look at my bank account and what's coming in. Yeah, let me see your tax return. Well, oof. That was, (laughs) it was a really, it was, I I gave like my right arm and my left leg to taxes because I'm trying to show that I have income so that I can buy a house. house. That's a problem. Because I would have written off so much more. Well, be careful because I just got audited for writing off too much. Ooh, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Gosh, it worked I out fine. That didn't I'm happen fine. to models. <laughs> yeah. Great. I've got a good tax accountant. Yeah. Shout out, Dave. I have um, TurboTax. Oh, ooh, that's Time where to get an accountant. Yeah. I'm going to, this is your, right <laughs> yeah. now, your sign yeah. to get an accountant. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yoga has always been, there's been times when if modeling is slow, I will pick up, I've, I've taught 16 yoga classes in a week, which is absolutely not recommended, extremely unhealthy for your life balance. That was way back when, when I was just starting modeling and I, you know, I would get like two jobs a year. Was this like walk around and tell people what to do? Or is this like, I'm doing the poses with you? Have enough. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe that all good yoga teachers don't need to be doing every single posture with them. No, when you have the, when you, please yeah, touch my lower back. Yes, please, please touch please. my lower back. Yeah. It is literally that for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean it was a mix, but these were like yeah. in a hundred and five degree rooms, so oh, wow. I was sweating 
B-A-L-L-S all the time going through like four yoga outfits a day. Yeah. Anyway, um, I lived at the gym. That was when I was doing a lot more in person. Obviously, COVID really changed the landscape of me teaching yoga. Now it's entirely virtual. Mm-hmm. I still sub every once in a while at Equinox so that I have health insurance, which is totally Smart. I've like really figured out the game on that one. Um, so that's like one stream. Social media, surprisingly for me, through COVID has really grown. That was where I made actually most of my money in 2021. Really. Yes. Influencing or like kind of pseudo. I mean, yeah, the pseudo influence, whatever you want to call it. You guys can go and look at my Instagram and decide branded content. You know, for the most part, it's brands that I really believe in and really like um, with or with activities that I love, like running. So I'm going to try out shoes and, you know, share them on my Instagram through Zappos. Not a lot of detox teas on your account, I'm assuming. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I actually need that reminds me I've got to get out some content for my my detox tea that I'm <laughs> drinking that's due by the end of April. So thanks for the reminder. Um, yeah. So in a, my brain's a little bit chaotic because I yeah. have, I'm also dealing with my own invoicing. I don't have an agent in that regard for my right. social media. None right. of it, which a lot of people setting do have social media and stuff like setting that. my own rates, which I feel like after the many years that we've been in it, I kind of have an understanding. I'm like, well, what are you using this for? If it's just straight social media based on my following, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I've been really grateful to, put myself at a certain price range. So I'm not just accepting. I mean, I don't know. He needs to hear this. The dude with the sign needs to hold up. I will not be accepting product for exchange for free for a post. It's just not going to happen. So like, please exit stage, right? I don't want want another DM or email. Thank you very much. We'll give you a discount on our stuff. No, yeah, absolutely not. Thank you. So yeah. So social media has been great. Uh, Yoga. I have a few private clients that do yoga and uh, personal training. I am also a personal trainer. Um, you know, whatever whatever people want from me, I can create workouts. The other side that I've really been trying to build, and this is where I'm trying to put my focus because mm-hmm. my brain could go 10,000 different directions, is building out my website with yoga classes, with 20-minute workouts. People can buy programs. I have it slightly built out. It is a little bit cattywampus. I can maybe help with that. Great. Yeah. Let's talk later. We'll talk later. Since we're talking now, but you yeah, know, later. But we'll also talk later. Um, I've been, I have a great platform. It's just about creating the content. Right. Um, you know, and when I'm teaching five, I'm, I teach about five yoga classes a week now, upwards of 10, depending on how much I'm subbing. Yeah. So when I'm combating that, trying to make sure that if I get booked, like I just got booked for next week. So now I have to clear out three classes yeah. and get subs for. So it's a little bit of this stressful. Well, that's what I wanted to get to is because yeah. I'm in the same place where I do a lot of things. But I try to keep my side hustles very time flexible. Yes. Um, because in the modeling and commercial acting world, there's this idea that like the big job could be coming at any moment. And I'm a very loyal person. So if I sign up for something, like I want to show up for oh, it and I want to like... I hate that I can't be fully committed or flake bomb. Yeah, because I hate, That's the worst part of this job. And I picked up, recently picked up a really great fit modeling client. So that's a, Ooh, that's a nice. weekly thing. Love it. The the rate isn't as high as the average shoot day, but it's every Consistent. week. And then another client just came to me and they're like, you know, it's it's closer to home. It'd be less time, but like it'd be once a week. And part of me is like, I love consistency, but part of me is like, yeah, but when I get that big day rate that comes through, like I'm going to bail on you guys. And I'm going to feel bad about it. So I struggle with, you know, if you have your yoga classes set up or your clients booked, like how do you gracefully and like consciously manipulate, not manipulate, but shift things around? Number one, I am extremely forward 
in life. Yeah. But in these situations with yoga, I have said to Equinox, I have said to this virtual studio platform that I teach for and to the brands that I teach for on Instagram live classes, yeah. I am I say, this is my life. I am a model. I will always take a day rate of $3,000 over the $125 that I am teaching for your class. And I just need to be very clear with that. If that means you don't want to work with me, I totally understand. And thank you for your time. But this is my life. I would, I love your brand. I love what you're doing. So take me as I am or, you know, here we can reassess. You want to try me out? That's fantastic. So I'm almost just as flexible back with them. But that is the feedback I've received both times from both Equinox and this virtual platform that I'm on. They're like, you have always been extremely transparent from the beginning. Yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah. I mean, they're like you. There was no question in our mind. We get it. The expectations you, were there. We knew exactly. Like, what I mean, to it expect. sounds silly for me to be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't take my that day rate because I'm teaching a yoga class, one hour, right? Forty five minute or forty five minute yoga class. Yeah. Oh, I can't fly to Chile and shoot for Patagonia because I have, I have a class, like right, one yoga class. Yeah. So, so that's just kind of like a non negotiable. And I, I've, I think I've just done this for so many years that I'm like, I don't feel bad about it anymore. I yeah. love. I have loyal yoga students that have been with me for so long. They know. They know me. So they understand my schedule. They're like, oh, how was Colombia? I was in Colombia at the beginning of the year for work. And speaking of South America, um, you know, and they're like, they just wanted to hear about it. They're not like, I didn't fall off the face of the earth, you know? So, but once you do that, it's the gracefully part that's difficult. The behind the scenes, behind the closed door, that's like, I'm scrambling to find a sub. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets a bit trickier. That's also why I choose platforms that like if I go walked into a yoga studio in Manhattan Beach and, you know, I love their vibe. I love everything about them, you know, but if you show up one week and then show up the next week and class attendance goes to two from 20, you know, they're probably not going to want to keep me on for that long. Um, You just start to become like a guest teacher and it Mm -hmm. you just kind of had to step into a different role so for your fit modeling I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've, they know what you do. So it's, but it is, yeah. it is, it's just tricky. It's I just think a the tricky key is balance. Being as upfront as possible. Yeah. And if you get into a pinch where you can't find that sub or like you might have to take the hit and skip the bigger job because that's the right thing to do. But I think, you know, there's this big reputation in LA because everyone wants to be an actor. Everyone's waiting, waiting to take of off. Course. And like restaurants are like, we fucking hate hiring these 20 oh, year old beautiful people because they don't show up to work because <laughs> yeah. they have an audition or they get booked as a, you know, a guest star on Modern Family. And then they're like, well, I'm famous now. So I don't serve beignets. Like, <laughs> and I don't want to be that person because I'm, right. I'm intensely loyal and I would love to have like, it would be great if I had just one client that I worked with and they're like, this is what you're going to make we this year. I'd be like, I'm done. Perfect. It doesn't have to be the biggest amount of money, but like I would trade the potential for the consistency. Mm-hmm. But when the consistency is super low, then I'm like, well, I need some potential too. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that's what's, I think also I'm 29. I know, I mean, obviously age changes the career that you're in, especially when it's related to how you look. So I'm starting sure. to now see myself put into the 30 to 40 category. And I'm like a little bit of like, that's an F you to me, but I'm accepting my fate. Um, but I may work more later on. Who you knows? You will, don't yeah. know um, how that works out. And I've also chosen to, I've never touched my face or any part of my body. I've never, no Botox, no nothing. And I'm just, hands off. I'm, just it, I'm truly just like, Good. I'm not touching my face. Good. Um, so far, we'll see if that changes. <laughs> I'm but, open to it. Yeah, no, but, um, you know, so I don't know how I'm going to age and what it's going to look like for modeling, but I think, you know, like, I just don't know what my future holds. So it's like when you have these, you know, I have a conversation with a brand and it's on a contract 
you know, a salary a year long. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, am I, am I willing to be exclusive on social media with this one brand? Will that affect my other opportunities for modeling? So it's like things. But what's the trade off? Yes. But what's the trade off? So like, that's kind of where I think the older I get in life, I'm like, okay, maybe this is something I actually want to consider because maybe I want to start having a family in a year. Well, and it's like, what's the goal? Because in modeling, it's kind of like, dating and dating apps and how it's like the next best like people are so obsessed with dating apps because it's like swipe 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 like oh this is better this is better this is mm-hmm. better and it's like yeah i can always big oh the national i want to be on the car commercial because it's gonna pay right. me thirty thousand dollars right, like, right. So, but like at a certain point it's like you don't need all the money and like you've booked enough jobs where it's like your friends have seen you you did all the camp like yes. you said you've worked with all the clients you want to work with yeah eventually you just want to like chill and like buy your house yeah and that's what i mean about aging it. i think we're in that place where like yeah you know i look at 20 21 year olds like sometimes thank you agents for this but also don't ever send me on a cattle call again where i'm just in a sea of instagram models yes or like 20 year olds that are like obviously you know they're really doing the hustle and i'm like oh good lord i just yeah this is not for me no well, you, no do you, do you do a lot of commercial stuff or mostly print it's mainly print i've really? done a, i've done a little bit of commercial your personality would be great I know, And right? as you're getting, I mean, you don't look like you're in the 30 to 40 category. I'll take it, though. If it books uh, me work, I but do like not care. That, I mean, especially, I know for guys, especially like as you get into the young dad role, mm-hmm. the the competition thins because people right. either go on to TV and film or they quit because this hustle is not worth it for them. <laughs> yeah. And like you also just like you, the competition gets thinner and like you're more confident in your skills and you're, yeah. you know, you have the salt and pepper hair, you have a very distinct look and you start sure. working more. No, I think, I think, yeah, I think for men especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just haven't done a lot of commercial. But like you'd be great with a kid on set because you'd keep them entertained. Oh and, like, my gosh, I'd have a blast. And, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it hasn't, it just kind of, that hasn't happened. That's nope. not the direction it's been, but. You're still young. I'm still young. Things can change. Yeah, I don't know. I, but yeah, there's definitely this age where you're like, I just need to chill. I want to buy the house. I want to live in it. I want to create a home. I want kids. I want to. And it's not that it's settling down because I think I'm just such a chaotic person. I'm always yeah. going to want to travel. I'm always going to want to. You're always going to have that energy. That energy yeah. that we all know and can you can feel it through the microphone and your it's sound buzzing. system. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't think that will like ch- I that won't change me. But like, you want your financials to settle yeah, down. It's just like a different. You just have kind of slightly different goals, and or you know, when you meet your partner, if that's what you want for your life, you guys have similar goals, and you start working towards things together. And I have literally the perfect partner for me because he's a videographer, so he oh, perfect, understands yeah. my whole life. Like he got told on Monday night that he was leaving for Vegas for the NFL draft at Tuesday at one p.m. So like, oh wow, weren't you just in Vegas? We were supposed to go to Vegas and then his mom got COVID. I mean, everyone's it getting just, sick everyone, because masks everyone's kind of getting COVID again. Yep. Ooh. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so like, you know, just the spontaneity of our life, I think yeah. will always be with us. But I think we have the same goals and what we want. So, yeah, I don't know. They, the, your goals change. And so then maybe the way you look at a job and an opportunity changes. Yeah, I, mean, I was yes talking no to, to a friend recently is talking about how like, you know, she has a friend who's 22 who's like very much about like the nightlife and going out. And when you're that age and you're into the party scene, like you look at, oh, I almost landed standing up. Um, you look at older people in their 30s that who like who want to be in bed by 10. You're like, that's so lame. But what you don't realize <laughs> is that when you get to that age, you don't want to go out. It's not lame. One hundred percent. Just want to go to bed. I am and that's thrilled. Okay. It is. It is lame if I am asleep, awake 
past 11 p.m. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this why? is lame. This is going to hurt is in the, the morning. Lame thing. Yeah. 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 Your priorities change. And yeah, like I said, the, the hustle, the financial insecurity, it stops being cute. It runs its course. You get tired of it. And you're like, I can't do this for four more decades. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that was like, again, back to me talking about like taking responsibility for my life. Like I, when we both have said this, it's like, it's it's very tiring to just wait on your agent to send you an email like, do you have a casting today? Do you have a yeah. a hold? Do you have, are you going to get confirmed on this job? And you're Because just, you feel like you have no agency over your life. Yeah, it's your yeah, agency. It, <laughs> yeah. Literally. literally. Yeah, yeah. So you, you just get tired of that. And I'm like, I am really not going to wait around for an email from my agent saying mm-hmm. I got booked on a job. Mm-hmm. So then I chopped my hair thinking I was like, Phuket. <laughs> my hair was long, like past my little titties. And then I chopped it and I was like, ha. Look at me now. Now I have to redo my whole portfolio, <laughs> which was a bad idea. But, you know, then, of course, clients like it or whatever. But, you know, I just stopped caring about, oh, I need to always be entirely available. Like, you have to start living your life. Yeah, and then you, you get the jobs. It's so counterintuitive. It is super counterintuitive. But that's practicing the non-attachment. I was, like, no longer yeah. attached to it. And it was, like, then it starts yeah. coming back into your when life. When you sit in wait and think about all the jobs that aren't coming, they're not going to come. They are absolutely When you are out coming. running around living your life, like I don't know how many times I've been like driving back from an audition or on set and then the email comes in about the next job and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But like, yeah. I'm here for it. Like yeah. work begets more work. Yeah, yeah. And Object I think, emotion stays in motion. Yeah, and if, and I, that's my biggest like encourager to like anyone that's like really trying to get into modeling or a job that relies on other people pushing for you is like, also push for yourself in different ways. Go to different yeah. avenues and outlets and have things because you'll drive yourself crazy if you're just waiting around. I mean, I don't have that much patience. Maybe someone else does, no. but I was just like, I've got to be able to have my own streams of income. And I don't know how many models have been like, oh, Francis, you're so great because you make money teaching yoga and you have this going on for you. And I'm like, you can have that going on for yeah, you too. You it just too. maybe it's not teaching yoga. Yeah. But, you know, I think I think that's just really important to have because you just can't wait around or rely on it. And, you know, my very best friend, is she's just booking, she's literally booked six out of the seven days of the week. And I'm like, you are going to crash and burn. Yeah, that's But, you know, lot. she's newer in her career. So it's like this really exciting time. But, you know, like that is not normal for modeling. And that's why no. I try to tell people, I'm like, this isn't like a nine to five, <laughs> yeah. uh, Monday through Friday. So, you this know. It's like you, a once every four days kind of, you know. Not, maybe not even. <laughs> yeah, not you know? even. I'm not. like, some months it's one job a month. So, yeah. and it's a one day job. Yeah. And you just don't know what to expect. So I think just, you know, it's. I feel like I have more purpose because I have other other things going for me. Well, and you're, you're self-actualized. You're, you've taken the reins of your output. And I, I don't think the agency model is dead. I think always going to need agencies for the big jobs and like the big clients. But as we kind of wind down and, you know, I want you to give some sort of parting bits of wisdom. I think a good thing to focus on is like how you've started connecting with brands and, and like being your own agent for those kind of social media because the landscape has changed so much we're like a lot of people don't need an agent and that's, that's one right. way to do it mm-hmm. i'm not trying to do that right now but like i'm curious how you you know you said you most of your income came from clients you got yourself mm-hmm. and like how did that start how like where's it headed i think i mean it i think it really started because of covid um yeah. i think the modeling industry, you know, the looks change over the years. Sure. And something that's popular 
when I started, you know, whatever I looked like was popular for a while. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, things changed. COVID really changed the landscape. I think, you know, brands were really overcompensating for diversity because they maybe weren't doing a great job of it before. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, there's less of a need for someone that looks like me now. So And during COVID, there was that time when the industry was shut down. Oh, totally. And like Lulu yeah, like, was sending product to models right. and being like, do you have a boyfriend who can photograph like photograph Literally this? those exact, that yeah. was the exact words. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like that was a really strange time. And, you know, I'm kind of seeing I'm like working a little bit more, but I'm just again, I never rely on it. So I think like the re the social media stuff really came in in that direction. I got approached by brands, but I also kind of did some networking on my own. I like yeah. it's funny because I don't really consider myself a networker, but I yeah, actually same. am. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I really am. But when it's genuine, it doesn't feel like networking. No, That's I don't feel like I'm word. like going to a networking event yeah. and like trying to just see who can elevate me. Like, what I, can don't, I, get I don't from know you? that. Yeah. yeah. What am I getting from you? I don't yeah. feel that way. But like I have some really great friends that we're connected to. I work a lot alongside Viore and those wow. relationships yeah. were kind of because of people that I knew too. And it, again, it was very authentic and I fit like literally entirely with the brand. It's like so me in every mm -hmm. capacity. So, you know, these relationships, yes, I could have gone the route and just like given like, like, I don't know what this is, but here agent, like take this and do whatever. But for me, it's been a really rewarding relationship to just build and maintain over the years. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, it really did start out of COVID and um, I don't know. I, there's definitely, I think that I, like I literally just submitted an invoice for last September because I forgot to build a client. Yeah. So that's on me. Yeah. That is just on me. And a lot of my clients do come through photographers. Yeah. Some of my like besties are the photographers because I feel like we just connect so well. They see the way I move. They see my weird ass humor. And they're like, oh, you I know, picked up this client. You'd be yeah. great for this. We yes, can skip the agency. Can, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, we can create magic together just for fun. And then it's like, Hey, like this is one of my clients and mm -hmm. I can get them to send us product. We can shoot it together, knock it out. And yeah, it's not going to be a rate that you would have through your agent, but it's way less work, way less usage or whatever. And I mean, you know, there's probably pros and cons to that. Right. Because then people think they can get a less rate for something like that. But yeah. you know, the way I've kind of managed it is just building relationships through the modeling that I've done you know, a photographer introduced me to another photographer and, you know, they're coming down to LA. And so then we try to link up and do something or even with my boyfriend, like we're going on this trip to Europe and we have a few brands that we're really close to and that we've worked with or we met at a fitness event or, you know, through another person. And so we're starting to think like, what can we do? What can we create while we're in yeah. Europe? And, you know, that's in July, but we're already thinking about those things now. So we're very future forward thinking about it. So there's a little bit of a blend. There's like a reach out. There's like we reach out to brands, but we also are getting reached out to as well. And brands aren't unapproachable. Like you think of these yeah. brand accounts as not. like, yeah. it's like when you're like on a, like a kid in high school looking at a brand's website, it's like you can't interact with that. But like you could right. DM a brand and be like, hey, I'm a model. Like just throw it out there. And sometimes they're just like, oh yeah, let's shoot. And then they're like, what's your rate? And you're like, I'm just going to say this number. And they accept it. And I think that's the thing that like, you also don't want that to happen. You don't want to say a number and them accept it. You <laughs> never want, let me just, that's my tip. You don't want them to immediately accept. You have undersold yourself if that happens. Probably, yeah. I do a ton of negotiating into this. I explain the value because I've been through these contracts for years of, you want worldwide usage, banners on your yeah. homepage of your website, 
obviously social media is perpetuity, but like how long are these images going to live here? Right. And people think that models or influencers are just kind of dumb and will just take the photos for free or for a really low rate and then they can use the images however and ever. But once I like stack on this value, they're like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. I get that. So, you know, I think... I think because I've learned what I've learned from modeling, I wouldn't say it's all because of modeling, um, but I've learned so much from it. But you it paid just attention. Has, it yeah. paid attention. You know, you read your contracts. I mean, even I on our- I don't do that. I need to right, do that. Right. Even, even, yeah. even on our yeah. Garmin job, I was the only person on set that actually read a contract. No, I just signed it. And everyone else signed it. And I'm like, hey fam, <laughs> we need, to, let's let's be reading these contracts. Pump, the yeah. Pump it. Just let's double check. It's probably fine. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah. And it was good. But- it is your responsibility, even though we have an agent, mm -hmm. but our agent hadn't even seen the contract. So again, yeah. clients will try to do that kind of stuff or if they won't have a contract or they'll try to, you know, oh, we can just do this. But what if you post the social media post that they wanted and then there was no contract and they don't pay you? Well, and I think that they're, they're not preying upon, but they are leveraging the fact that we feel so replaceable that we're like, thank you so much for, to be here. Whatever you need, like I'll give it to I'll you. I'll do it. I'll do and everything. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not a very business savvy person. So I just trust that the agents have looked over those contracts and the usages are, you know, in ship sure. shape. But it's important to not let money be left on the table because like that money is allocated for the shoot and like get your share of it because if it's if yeah. they're getting this ROI on these marketing materials they're creating with your image like part of that pie is mm -hmm. yours and you decide too sometimes you take a lesser rate when you feel like there's great exposure with the brand mm -hmm. and yeah, right. you know that's that has a different value it can lead to potential right that leads to different bookings. things and that has and yeah. i have there have been definite shoots where like i can trace back and like i did this horrible vitamin shoot yeah. with this main photographer but the second photographer she is now one of the most working photographers that i know mm -hmm. and her rates have quadrupled since I met her but she introduced me to another client of mine that I've worked with for three years who introduced me to this who's a person that I reach out to whenever I really need absolutely anything yeah. and those are the things it's like that horrible vitamin fitness shoot that came from a horrible job yeah. ended up being fantastic because of this trail that has it, it's led me down to yeah I have a shoot where I had grown out my beard, I had all my new headshots done, and it was a one-day shoot, and they're like, we want you to shave your beard. And I was like, ah, fine. But then that led to the biggest booking of my life. Right. With the same brand. Right. And a direct booking where I was like, oh, now I see Now why. I get it. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's fine, but it's hard to predict where those things are going to come from. Absolutely. So be open, but be protective of yourself at the same time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, and know when to, and it takes time to, you don't just know everything. So it just, this is all experience and time. And yeah. we often try to rush things or like hope that we know everything immediately, but it just, it doesn't work that way. Um, so being patient with yourself and, but yeah, being open and absorbing and taking, taking from people that have been doing this and listening to podcasts like this, because it really, you know, it opens your eyes to things or you may relate to one piece and it may help you yeah. feel inspired or motivated to go out and do that thing. And that's like, I surround myself with people that motivate and inspire me. The information's and out there if you want to The information's out yeah. there. And, um, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to kind of just puddle through life. You're like, well, I'm swirling and I don't know, it feels out of control. But you kind of have to go through that. Yeah. And, it, you know, gives you some tenacity. Yeah. So, Yeah. I like that. Okay, final question. We talked about seven-year-old Fran. Oh, yes. We know about 29-year-old Fran. Yeah. Let's go seven years to 36-year-old Fran. What's the ideal mm. 
what's what are we looking at? Well, number one. Well, I don't know if it's number one. <laughs> I'll have babies, but for sure, I oh, want I babies. Will have babies. There's going to be babies. <laughs> Someone's babies. No, no, definitely Daniel's babies. They're definitely going to be like half Brazilian, you know, little. I meant like anyone's babies, not even your babies. Oh, right. Oh, no, no. Yeah, my babies. (laughs) Yeah. Personal babies in my kangaroo pouch. I don't know. Um, Kangaroo is that? Are those the ones that have the pouch? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna have babies. I really am really envisioning a home, a true home that I own, that I have been able to build or create. Mm. You know, I decorate, I decorate. Mm. Oh my gosh. Give me all the plants, <laughs> but let someone else keep them alive. Cause I am horrible at keeping plants, but I want them. Um, and then just this time and financial freedom that I've always wanted in my life. That's always been a theme. And I've had a lot of time freedom and I can easily say, you know, like I'm busy, but like, that's actually not my goal to like, you know, when I'm catching up with a friend and be like, Oh, I've just been so busy. Like I worked one hour today answering emails. Yeah. I want balance. I want balance. Yeah. So I really think that I'm going to have that. Um, I think it'll always be a hustle. I know that I'm always going to want to teach yoga because it's a huge part of me that grounds me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to keep, sharing my story or helping people in some capacity and and, you know i'm a yoga teacher i'm a teacher in many ways um so as long as i can help inspire empower people i think i'll be really happy and also just growing small humans that are probably mad chaos there'll be mad chaos in my belly and they'll just fly out of the womb That'd be cool if they flew. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not, you know, maybe cars will be flying by then. Uh, probably not. But I know that it's going to be very family oriented. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more still. Yeah, a little bit more subdued. Because you want to, you can't bring your, you can't bring chaotic kids into chaos. Right. That's like two negatives. Yeah, become... I think it's really important to have a really balanced, grounded living situation when you're yeah. raising little tinies. Um, I'll be married too. These babies will have a father, Daniel, hopefully. <laughs> you're looking at him like he's here. He's not here. Yeah, he's not here, but he's imaginarily <laughs> here in my brain. Um, yeah, I, I think modeling, you know, how, how we've said it, just like it could be a big part. It could be a small part. It, yeah. I think it's always open. It's There's an opportunity. And I, I honestly think just like so many other things will have popped up. If we did this in seven years, I think you'd be like, wow, you've really, you're the same you, weird, yeah. goofy Fran, but you've done, you've, number one, b- brought humans into number this world. Number one babies, Number yes. one babies have yeah. come out of you, which is yeah. wild. It's a Crazy. miracle in itself. Ooh, gross. Well, it's so weird, gross <laughs> and weird um, and beautiful. But, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe by now I'll have a comedy, like a stand-up little side thing that's just fun for me. Maybe I'm just standing up in front of my family and that's all I'm doing in terms of comedy. Or your friends. Or my friend. Yeah, you know, like I don't know. So I think... Well, you've got that non-attachment, which is great. You want to, you know, you want to give away the things you want to get. You're trying to share and be abundant with it and magical and spiritual and all the LA LA things. (laughs) But like, you also know what grounds you and what your values are and the rest you're like, we'll see. Yeah, I'm very open to it. I think that's a really good perspective. yeah. Yeah. So we'll see and yeah, call me in seven years. Okay. See where I'm at. Uh, what is it? April 27th in seven years. Be back on the podcast. Yep. This All podcast right. will be going strong. Any last bits of wisdom for our listeners about anything? Mm. Well, yes. My last piece is to listen to your gut. Mm. Intuition is 
I mean, having that when you just know something really, really trust your gut because there have been plenty of times where I there was something in my gut and I still went with my head. Yeah. And I don't regret anything in my life, honestly, but I think that could have saved me some pain. Right. It could have been figured out sooner. Yeah. Just listen to your gut. Yeah. And stay vulnerable. And vulnerability is really difficult to do, but stay vulnerable. Um because that's where magic happens and where a really close connection can happen. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Fran. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, kids. Bye. Bye.